Today we're going to be talking about God is able. Welcome back, everybody. We're so excited to get going because guess what special day it is? It's not my birthday. It's not Chris's birthday. Is it? It's not my anniversary. It's our one-year anniversary for Bible Conversations. It is an anniversary. It's so exciting. It's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Anything that you've done consistently week in, week out for a year – that becomes a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, for example, just this this past week, um, we came back to in-person worship service on Wednesday nights here at Keller. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time in over a year that I wasn't setting up my tripod and getting <laughs> up my phone and getting on Facebook Live to do Bible class. And, yeah. and so that it became a big part of my life. And I was telling my wife and she was like, yeah, okay, cool. But I'm like that – to me, it's a big deal that that, that was a – just consistent thing for a solid year for more than a year. And we've reached that with this podcast now. And so that's another pretty cool thing. <laughs> it really is. You know, and well, so you were setting up your, your, uh, your phone, your podcast, your tripod and everything and go on Facebook live. And I was on zoom for, mm-hmm. you know, over a year, every Wednesday mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and for a while there, every Sunday too. And so it, it does, it becomes, becomes habitual, right? It becomes a discipline in some senses. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked about spiritual disciplines. We have two episodes actually on spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. which uh, if you haven't, go ahead and listen to those. I, I think they're wonderful. But, um, but it, has, it became a discipline for us, right? You know, we, we set aside time to not only prepare for it, as, as we do with any Bible class, but then to, to actually make that work online for other people. And, uh, and, and the same way, we have made this a discipline, right? We, yeah. we set aside time. Typically on on Thursday, sometimes other days, right? If we have guests coming in, and and we we make sure that we record, uh, and it it's been I don't know I, I feel like it's been so beneficial and and spiritually encouraging to me in so many ways. And I think it's also uh, cool the the journey we've been on. Yeah, uh, not only uplifting spiritually and and enriching that way, but also just. Think back to our very first episode, and I don't oh, yeah. really want to encourage people to go back to listen to that because it was very, very poor quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the conversation was still good. The <laughs> the sound quality. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's cool when we can look back to that and say, like, look at this journey that we've come on, and and that many of our listeners have come with us as well. And and I want to ask y'all, reach out to us, send us an email or a Facebook message. When did you start listening and, and how long have you been doing that for? Are, are you one of the OG listeners? Were you <laughs> Did you hear that first episode and cringe with us or <laughs> have you just joined recently? Um, well, in that, that first episode, we recorded on Zoom. So we weren't even meeting at the building. Yeah, we weren't point, even together. Right? We, we weren't allowed to be in the building. Uh, and so we were, we were meeting on Zoom. I was in the bonus room is basically a garage, mm-hmm. right? You were in your uh, your man cave, yeah. right? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure where Dan was, uh, presumably in his house somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we recorded we recorded on Zoom, but I I used like an audio software <laughs> to play back through the speakers and record that, and it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we so we we've learned a lot, you yeah. Know, not just you know with with the scriptures, but also with the quality of how we do this. And, um, and yeah, I mean, let us know, let us know what, what your favorite episode is, right? Let us know what hooked you, right? If, if you've been listening consistently for a while, right? If you've made this a part of your, you know, weekly discipline, what, what was the episode that hooked you and said, I, I kind of want to listen to what these guys have to say, or maybe it's, you know, I want to listen to what their guests have to say, but yeah, you know, uh, let us know, but no, we we're thankful 
for all of you guys that are listening, it's um, it has been a journey. It's been a really good journey. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, well, we still got another one to record today. So it's nice uh, reminiscing and looking back to last year. But to um, we are going to continue <laughs> our God is series today. We've talked about God is. Uh, creator, God is loving, God is holy, God is forgiving, God is forever, and I might be missing one, but I don't know. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about God is able, Um, the fact that he is able to deliver us, the fact that um, he is able to do um, more than we can imagine. Uh, Those are just some of the things that we'll get into today. But before we start with the whole discussion, I want to go actually to the Old Testament, to look at a practical story, well, I don't know, practical, a, a real story, a <laughs> real historical account um, of what happened in the book of Daniel. So um, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, is the, the story is recorded of the fiery furnace. And this is one that many people are probably familiar with. It's taught in a lot of children's classes. But if you aren't as familiar with the story of the fiery furnace, the background of that, the way it's set up, is there are there are three friends who are they're friends of Daniel, but Daniel's not actually in this portion of the story. But these three men, their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are loyal to God above anything else. And so when the king of Babylon decides to build this golden statue of himself and have everyone bow down to it and worship it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, no, we're not going to bow down to a statue of you, King Nebuchadnezzar. We only bow down and we only worship God, Mm -hmm. the God of heaven, the one true God. And obviously that makes Nebuchadnezzar angry. (laughs) He's the king of this empire of Babylon. And he has these three little Jewish boys saying, no, I'm not going to bow down to you. And so Nebuchadnezzar is, uh, of course he's angry. He doesn't like that. And so the punishment for anybody that wouldn't bow down to the idol was that they'd be thrown into the fiery furnace. This, this huge, massive furnace with a, a, flaming hot fire that you can actually throw people into evidently it's that large and so he gave them one more chance because he really did like them he liked Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and he said if you do not bow down when the the lyres played when the trumpet is blown when um the the horn and pipes are sound when the bagpipes is sounded um then you'll be cast into the burning fiery furnace And so what happens? All those instruments play. All the sounds, the horns are blown. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide that they will not bow down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar sets up. So they're seized and they're taken to go be thrown into a fiery furnace. But I want to, this is why I tell that story. And this is why I recount that. For this one point right here, what's recorded in verses 16 through 18 of Daniel chapter 3. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, saying, if you really will throw us into the fiery furnace, our God, who, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The, this quote, the, the boldness, the, the courage that it takes from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, our God is able 
to deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we're not going to bow down to you. We're going to remain faithful to him. Yeah. But the the point is, he is able. This this furnace that is so hot, and as we read through the rest of the story, Nebuchadnezzar says, fine, I'm going to throw you into the furnace. They're thrown in there. And even the guards who had to drag them close to the furnace in order to throw them in, they died because the flame was so hot. Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo were thrown in. And they stood up and they walked around like nothing even happened. And then we even read that there was a fourth figure walking around in the fire with them. Yep. And so they're brought out of the fire. They don't even smell like smoke. They're not even, um, the, the, their clothes aren't even charred or anything. That is the power that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are talking about when they say, our God is able to deliver us. Yep. And the faith is, even if he chooses not to, we're not going to, to turn our backs on him. So that's where I wanted to begin to this discussion. The amazing courage and faith that it takes from them to stand up and, and rightfully represent the power of God that he is able to deliver them. Well, and I, I think that story is is phenomenal. It's always struck me as uh, interesting that the guards that threw them in died, right? Mm-hmm. Like they perished. Um, they weren't even in the flame. They were outside like well outside of it right but it was hot enough that it didn't matter yeah and um you know it it always makes me wonder just how hot it was <laughs> yeah uh, you know it, it must have been i mean i think nebuchadnezzar said what turn it up all the way right turn it up to the maximum yeah times seven or times, times 10 or yeah. something like that i think it was times 10 but um but i mean that's, oh yeah in verse uh verse 19 seven times more than it was usually heated yeah so i mean it's already hot right hot enough to kill somebody and then you multiply that by seven, right? <laughs> like that's just an obscene amount of heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys, they 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 weren't concerned about it. You know, they they knew they were either going to live or die, uh, and it was going to be at the Lord's will. And uh, I, I think that's that's so telling. And we we see that faith exhibited throughout the Old Testament. And one of the people that we see it is Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he goes and he sees a burning bush. Right, he's eighty years old at this point. And, uh, you know, when I'm 80, I'll, I'll be lucky if I can walk, right? <laughs> Moses goes up up a mountain, <laughs> the burning bush, and then frees the Israelites from Egypt following 10 plagues, right? And, and, you know, we don't have time to go through all of that. But the reality is, is that it wasn't Moses that did that. It was God that did that. And, you know, we, we've talked again, you know, God is forever. Right? We talked about creation and how, uh, you know, God spoke the world into existence. And, you know, any, anytime we talk about the idea, or anytime I talk about the idea of whether whether God is able to do something, I always think about the creation. I think about think about Moses, right? Daniel. I think about these these stories of God intervening in our in in the lives of people in history, and doing things that are impossible for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just you know, I was talk, having a conversation with someone the other day, and I said, you know, God literally spoke the world into existence, right? Can you speak like a, a, a thing of Skittles into existence for me? Because I'm kind of hungry right now. <laughs> you know, no, like nobody can do that. God is able to do so much more, right, than, than we can possibly imagine. In fact, there's a there's a song uh, that talks about that, right? He is able, more mm-hmm. than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He I is love able, this song, yeah. more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. And then this last little section here, right? He is able, more than able, to make me what he 
wants me to be. And so when you look at all of these stories of the power of God, the ability of God, and the faith and courage of these people, it's because of who they had their faith in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we should have our faith in God because we should know that he is able. Yeah. And on the flip side of that coin, God God is able regardless of whether we have faith or not. Oh, you yeah. Know, God, is, God is always able. And it... And a lot of it is just a, a matter of whether or not we choose to put our faith in God. Um, yeah, he's and, able regardless. Our and th- and that is, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's seen in, in Mark chapter ten when Jesus is talking with the rich young man. Yeah. And um, he goes away sorrowful after Christ tells him to sell all of his possessions. And so everyone's sitting there listening to Christ after Jesus says, you know, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom, um, or. It, yeah, then a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I was getting a reverse there for a second. <laughs> and so then everyone listening to, to Jesus is like, well, then who can be saved? It's impossible then. And Jesus says, with man, it, it's impossible. You're right. But with God, all things are possible. And so the, it's the showing that that God is able to, to do it. He's able to save you. He's able to deliver you. He's able to make you what he wants you to be. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not your faith is allowing that, whether or not you and your life are accepting that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always kind of looked at, so it, and I've looked at this, not just, I'm kind of relating this to the idea of him being able, but uh, this analogy I'm about to explain, I've typically used with regards to how we uh, view things as okay now that we may not have in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you will, Right there's there's God at at one end of a a room right and on the other end of the room it's it's open right it's like I say it's, it's a mining shaft right and and we start our Christian walk you know let's say five feet away from God well as we go into this world as we go into this life we see things happen we're like ah oh, well that's not that bad it's okay and we start to move further and further and further away from God well God doesn't move God doesn't change. In the same sense, God is always going to be able to do anything that he wants to do, and it is our faith and belief in God that's going to bring us closer to mm-hmm. God, to make him, to allow him, right, to make us what he wants us to be. It's it's up to us to determine whether or not we want to follow God, right? It's up to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego whether they chose to worship this false idol or God. It was mm-hmm. up to Moses to determine whether or not he was actually going to free the Israelites or not. And he tried not to. He, he tried pretty hard not to, but yeah. but he did it, right? And and so it's our choice whether and, or not we choose to follow God. And I think Moses is a God. good example there um, because God's will is going to be accomplished regardless of whether or not we're on board. Yes. Um, and also his, his abilities and his power is not – does not hinge on – on our faith. Yeah. His power is still there. Um, and when we're in times of weak faith, God says, I'm still here. Um, and it's not that our faith is hindering his ability to interact in our lives. Yeah. It's that's when we go back to the character of God, the nature of God, yeah. his, his love and his, um, his righteousness and his holiness. He's not going to um, force us to obey him. He's not going to force us to have faith and to believe in him. Um but the power's still there. The the ability of God is still there. So, you know, as as we talk about this, it kind of reminds me that that God really uses the weak, right, the unqualified, mm-hmm. the lowly, in order to accomplish His will, and He's done this throughout 
history, right? Yeah. And, you know, what, what strikes me, you know, God's will is going to be done, right? Moses, I, I agree, is a, is a good example of that. And I think really what it boils down to is that God's will is going to be done in spite of our weakness because he is working through us. Mm-hmm. And so his power is made manifest in us so that his will can be done, right? We, and we're, we're nothing without God, right? Yeah. And, and so as we discuss this idea of where, you know, he is able, I, I really think it's absolutely crucial that we understand that any issues, any problems, any mountains, any hills, any valleys, whatever it is that we're going through, he is able to handle that. And I, I kind of want to go to Hebrews uh, chapter 6 real quick. Yeah. Um, real quick before you go there, Yeah. And as you're talking about God using the least of these, the, the weakest, yeah. it, it made me think of Gideon. He's always the first one that comes to mind. Gideon is, um, he was the guy when you say like God uses the ones that are not the the mighty warriors to accomplish his will. Gideon's the one that comes to mind. Gideon's like, who am I? I'm I'm like the the youngest kid in my family, the 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 weakest. And um, it's in uh, Judges chapter six is when the call of Gideon, Gideon is recorded. Um, but God is saying, I want you, and not only do I want you, I want you to have the smallest army in the history of armies because I'm going to show you my power. Yeah. And so that I just wanted to make mention of that as you're talking about that. It's God's ability, and and He chooses ones that we wouldn't think are are mighty and powerful on their own to show us that it's it's by His power. And what's funny about it's funny about the story of Gideon in chapter in, in chapter six verse twelve, an angel comes and said, "The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor." Mm-hmm. Gideon call or Gideon is called a mighty man of valor, and throughout all this time, right? Gideon is arguing with an angel, right? Which mm-hmm. dude, that's not someone I'd argue with. But anyway, Gideon's arguing with an angel and saying like. What like who again? Who am I? Right? Like what? What am I gonna do here? And I've I've heard from uh, from one yeah, of my mentors. He, he says I think it's in verse fifteen. Gideon says, "Please, Lord, how can I save Israel?" Yes, <laughs> right. Like he he's com- one. He's completely downplaying I think his own ability, mm-hmm. but but two, not recognizing that God is with him. Right. Uh, which which is what the the angel starts with. Right. The Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, you know, I've heard, though, that the Gideon's power was not necessarily in his, you know, his, his musculature, his ability to fight or anything. It was his, his strategic genius. Mm-hmm. That's what made him a mighty man of valor, right? His ability to turn the odds, right? Which is why when you read through what he did, it's like, yeah, that's brilliant, right? Like, I mean, he had, what, jars with, with torches in them and then uh, had uh, – he, he broke the jars and it sounded where he was. And everyone shouted. Everyone yeah. shouting that it was just a massive army coming, right? Yeah. And then people and then that the lapped up water like dogs. Yeah. The, and the, <laughs> it was the power of God yeah. that turned that army of Midian against themselves. They, yeah. And they lost their minds. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think – I don't know. I I really think God uses all the time, right? People who are unqualified to do things mm-hmm. that he needs to do. And, you know, the reality is, is if we ever feel like we are qualified, <laughs> we are, uh, we're a little too high and mighty mm-hmm. and, and full of ourselves because, and I, I struggle every day with the, the idea and the feeling that I'm genuinely qualified to do what I do. I mean, I, I hardly feel like I'm capable of being in charge of my own soul, much less trying to influence mm-hmm. others to come to Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and yet... I firmly believe that God is using me to do great good and, yeah. and wonderful things. Um, 
But Hebrews chapter 6, and, and I think this is where we can start to apply it to our lives today. So, you know, we, we've talked about Moses, we've talked about Gideon, we've talked about um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but Abraham is also one of those men that, uh, you know, he, he was living on his own, right? And, and then he was told to, to go off and, and, and make a name for himself, basically, mm-hmm. right? And so he did. And uh, in, in verse 17, right, when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, right? That oath was not for God's sake. That oath was for man, excuse me, for man's sake, mm-hmm. right? They, we don't believe it all the time when someone says, I'm going to do this, right? We, we double check. We, we make sure that, okay, are you really going to do this? You know, we, we, we find ways to make sure when someone promises something, right? I guarantee you I'm going to do this. I'm going to sign it. We don't hesitate to accept that, right? And so mm-hmm. the idea of the oath is, is much more for the people. But in verse 18, it explains that a little bit more. It says, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, right? If God says something, God's going to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever he says is going to happen, right? We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Yeah, and those those two unchangeable things is what you've mentioned before. God does not move. God does not change. Mm-hmm. And it is impossible for God to lie. So if yes. God is not going to change and his words are, his promises are not going to change, mm-hmm. then, I mean, it's locked in. Like yeah. like an anchor to, that, that goes behind the curtain, referring to the curtain being torn uh, when Christ was crucified. Yeah, and this right here is what we have. Mm-hmm. Right, because we have, and I think we started in the Old Testament for a very specific reason. Right, as we as we talk about this, because those are at least in part, right, the evidence that we have mm-hmm. that God can do all of these things, yeah. and and when we know that all of this is historically accurate, right, like we can verify much of the Old Testament via archaeology or or history or whatever the case may be. Well, then we know that what is in here is true, and we know that if that's true, then it's also true today mm-hmm. that God can work in our lives, and that right there is what verse 19 is talking about. We yep. have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It's the fact that God does not change. God does not lie. God is with us. Mm-hmm. And that's just so encouraging. Yeah. It's so encouraging. And well. The the reason I really like this is because, one, it's a, wow, God's promises is real. It's it's yeah. true. He's not going to change. You you see the, the evidence through the stories in the Old Testament. But what's really cool is when we see the evidence in our lives today. Yep. And and that's when I like to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And um, I feel like I've shared this with with folks on our podcast before, um, but it's been quite a while ago because this is, after all, our one-year anniversary. <laughs> so um, if if you haven't heard this before, this is one of my favorite studies in Scripture. Um, but Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking about 
about God and being devoted to him. And he says in verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now pause right there. We're going to be strengthened by God through his spirit. Um, so then we, we could read all this, but I'm just going to jump down to the important part. Um, at least the important part for the point I'm trying to make right now. Um, jump down to verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to what? The power at work within us. What do we just read in verse 16? That we will be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being. That it's the spirit of God living within us, dwelling within us, that gives us the strength to do what? Verse 20, accomplish more than we can ask or think. Because God has that ability. He is the one that is able. He is the one that is able to, to completely change our lives. And, and I don't know about y'all, but I can ask God and I can think about some things. I can imagine some pretty awesome things. And if we let the, the spirit, the power of God work within us, God's able to accomplish even more than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. That right there is, that's the thought that I'm just like, oh my goodness, let's get to work, church. Yeah. Like that's the thought where I'm like, let's get everybody working with this spirit. Let's get everybody. The, the way you do that is the fruit of the spirit, by the way. Um, Galatians, uh, yeah, love, five. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you have those fruits bearing from your life, then that means that the spirit is also uh, living within you because that's the fruit that the spirit bears. So the goal is to bear the same kind of fruit in your life that the spirit bears. Back to Ephesians though, when that's your life, it, it changes everything. It, the the church will become so it will turn the world upside down that's that's what Paul and Silas did in Thessalonica they turned the world upside down even people who weren't Christians were saying these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also the difference that they made because they let the spirit work through their lives not according to their own power it wasn't Paul Paul was probably honestly not that great of a speaker because when Paul and uh, Barnabas, I believe it was Athens that they went to, all of those Athenians, when they saw the, the, the work that Paul and Barnabas did, they referred to Barnabas as, um, as Zeus. He's the, you know, he's the, the one that's out there speaking. Yeah. And so um, Paul, he probably wasn't that great of a speaker, but he was super knowledgeable, but it wasn't according to his own power. It's according to the power that's at work within us, God's spirit. Well, and, and that idea of, right, that, that Paul is not powerful, Paul is nothing, uh, really goes to 1 Corinthians, uh, I want to say it's chapter uh, chapter 3. I'm going to have to make sure that I am uh, in the right place here. Uh, yes, chapter 3. So uh, verse 4, for one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollo. So you're not being merely human. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Uh, and then in chapter 4, a little bit further over, or Maybe it's just a little bit further on down the passage there, but he's what he's saying is, listen, what who are these people that that you're talking about? You follow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, Paul is saying you need to follow Christ, Christ, right? God, that's who you need to follow. That's who you need to uh, 
to, to live your life after, right? Because it is God's spirit, right, that is going to allow you to do the things that God wants you to do. It is not, it's not Apollos, right? It's not Paul. It's not Cephas, right? It's not, it's not Peter. It's Christ. Mm-hmm. You should follow Christ. And, and I think when we try to make too much of ourselves, right, we, we lessen the ability of the Spirit to work in our mm-hmm. lives, right? We can't lessen the power Absolutely. of the Spirit, but we lessen the ability of the Spirit to work in our lives because we don't allow room for it. Yeah. You know, when, when we're too puffed up ourselves, right, and our glass is too full of us, yep. there's not enough room for the, the power of the Spirit, the ability of God. It's always going to be there. It's just a matter of whether or not we we want to let that power work rather than our own. And that power, trust me, that power is way more powerful than yours. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Um, th- that's really the summarization of yeah. my thoughts for today. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to to talk about the power of God. It th- This passage in Ephesians, it's one of my favorite ones, and y'all can probably tell I get a little bit excited about it. But <laughs> but honestly, that that's one the verse that, that when I read that, I'm just like, church, let's get to work. Yeah. We need to be like Jeremiah. I, I've got a fire shut up in my bones. I I cannot help but tell people about this, this good news. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to kind of finish this up with a thought here. Yeah. I think we're, we're kind of coming to a close, right? And uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, it's just a couple chapters after mm-hmm. what he's talking about. In verse 15 is where we're going to start. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, right? So all that's important, right? We need to mm-hmm. make use of our time, understand what God's will is. And then verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we often use this verse uh, to, to talk about the singing, right? How we are supposed to sing. But the reality is, is that we are to be filled with the Spirit and it is that Spirit that is going to want us, right? We're going to want to sing. We're going to want to address one another with all of this. And um, again, we, we cannot be so puffed up with ourselves because we are not able, but God is able. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate with y'all sticking with us through one year of this. Um Hopefully this was encouraging to you. We really, I really hope that this is one of those conversations that that, that makes you want to get up and say, yes, let's do this. Um, we had Raul Ferris on our podcast a few months ago, and I mentioned on there that after talking with Raul, that's one of those guys that I'm just afterwards, I'm like, let's do this right now. Let's, let's put this into action. And, and whenever I read Ephesians and, and talk about it with anyone, I'm just like, let's do this right now. Let's let's let the spirit work in our lives because because mm-hmm. god is able now to him who is able to do yeah um so we love y'all so much um mm-hmm. we appreciate y'all sticking with us through one year no. and hopefully many more years to come yeah. uh, we, we don't have any stop in sight with this yeah. so if y'all will stay tuned we're gonna play a little contact information so y'all can figure out how to stay in touch with us thank you so much for listening to the bible conversations podcast I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. 
You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.